Hello and welcome back to another episode. Oh, <laughs> oh. Hey. oh. autopilot. Hello and welcome back to the start of a new season, season three of Propaganda, the property podcast brought to you by Stanford Sales and Lettings. As always, you've got me, Jack, the manager of our Catford office, and I'm joined by our two directors, Alex, who manages our Hiver Green branch, and James, who runs our Forest Hill branch. Uh, in today's pod, we're going to be having a catch-up since we last spoke in the summer, I think it was now. What's been happening, where the market's at. Uh, we've got a little history fact or a tip of the week that we've added in for the new season. We've still got the five things. This week, it's going to be five things that buyers look for in a property. And a new little round of uh, quick-fire questions for you two that might be a bit of fun or <laughs> might Thanks. just be a complete waste of time, but we'll find out. Uh, but before we jump into it, it's obviously been a little while. What have you guys been up to? It's been a busy couple of months, to be fair. How long has it has actually it? been? Oh, quite a while. Well, I think July. We, we broke in, when did we break? End of spring, wasn't it? No, I think it was before uh, it got June into the summer. July. It, was before the, it was before the summer. Yeah. It wasn't so, quite. It was, yeah, do you know what? Because it was only just warming up. I think it's been it? about four months. Wow. So it's been quite a while. A long time. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be this long, but it's ended up being that long. I yep. was... A couple of weeks ago, went to the Surveyor of the Year, Rick's Surveyor of the Year Awards. Oh, yeah. That Did was you? good fun. Yeah. Really? It was good fun. Good Anyone crap. win it that you know? Uh, well, my mate Chris was up for it. So he was shortlisted for Residential Surveyor of the Year. What, <laughs> what denotes the Surveyor of the Year? Um, yeah, that's what I said. Well, yeah. you see all their reports get ordered. Like yeah, PR so that's, thing, that's what it? they have to do. Really? So they have to send in like a case and they review it and they look at their sort of feedback on social media i think and stuff like that yeah so oh, it's right. proper they do properly have a look at it he didn't win um but he got down to the last eight which i think was wow. quite impressive so um yeah that was that was pretty good fun but they do it for so the residential side is just like one portion of it yeah they have sort of yeah exactly but what's that what you valued that well yeah, oh, you really, you really pulled that yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> no, so um, valuation be separate. This is more for the building surveying side. Oh, right, so okay, fine, yeah, fine, they'd be yeah, looking at the condition sense. reports and stuff like that. So that, that was pretty sense. good fun. Um, yeah, so I did that. Mm -hmm. Kids started a new school. Pretty happy with the way that's going. They've all gone to a new school. Well, two of them. The eighteen-month-old. I mean, she's smart, but she's not that smart. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe she's a genius. We don't know yet. We'll find well, maybe out. Maybe I've not seen you since we last on the podcast. Then. Well, September, though, would have started school, no? Yeah. Was that long ago? It was November. You, you have kids, don't you, Jack? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, school, when the school in, year starts. Only one in school. Well, I'm saying I didn't know your kids had gone to a new school. Ah, yeah, fair enough. No, they've started at a new school, so... Um, yeah, it's all working out pretty well, to be fair. So we've had we've had quite a good summer. Can't complain. No award ceremonies for me, unfortunately. I don't, I don't really get part of many awards, but... Um, not a whole lot, you know. I mean, we had uh, a new staff member, had a couple of some change of staff, so it was a bit of a challenging time, isn't it? Breaking away from previous to, to new people, getting him in. But to be yeah. fair, Henry has been. Um, I'd say Arrivederci very, to uh, uh, yeah to Filippo, my uh, my man. Yeah, he's gone. So uh, Henry's, but he, I mean, he's flying at the moment, so um, that's all easy. Start a kitchen renovation, which has been hell. You really, not finished that yet? Not really, no. I say not really. No, I've not. No, no, no. It's, it's I don't not even halfway through. I don't really, have a kitchen. Have you got a floor in yet? No. Oh it's not plastered. The electrics are in, but um, right. I and was, you've got a window that doesn't fit. Yeah, big gap in the bottom of it, but got money back for that. Um, what we can do about that? Just change the window. Just have it. No, Vass is going to do a Vass spec on the bottom of it and, and fill it all up. But no, not really. Kitchen renovation, change of staff. Today, so at the back end of summer. And now the weather seems to have taken a drastic turn, doesn't it? Really? It's yeah, it's got, rain it's got cold. I mean, it is November, yeah. so it's probably about time. What about you, Jack? What have you been up to? Oh, I went to the Rugby World Cup. Sorry, there you go. No, I went yeah. to France. Oh, yeah, so did I. Yeah, I was going to watch England. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> went to... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was quite a big thing. Unlucky in that, weren't we? Yeah. I watched all of it, but didn't go. It was a good game, though. It was a fantastic I watched the, game. the last, oh, last well, the semi-final. I watched that in the... Um, our flight was delayed, fortunately, which ended up, ended up watching it in the airport terminal oh. on my phone. Whilst oh. everyone around me was just sat inside. <laughs> Living the dream. <laughs> yeah. You are. Uh, what have I been up to? Not a whole host, really. You had a holiday, didn't you? Went away, yeah, that was it. Which I think I do every year now. I used to... Well, whenever I used to go away, it used to be the summer, but went in... October, November, a couple October. of weeks ago, end of October, and it was just pouring down with rain here. And it was like where did you go? Grand Canaria. Ooh, it was was like it hot? 26, 27. Oh, I can't lovely. tell by my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Can you tell? Still wearing out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just you know, went on holiday. It was nice. I think I'll always go at this time of year, to be fair now. It makes more sense, doesn't it? Because the summer's away, nice here anyway. Well, uh, they always say, isn't it? Everyone always waits for it to heat up and then they go away to a hot country. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what's the, what's Although this summer was a washout, wasn't it? But yeah, not, not, uh, not how high stuff than that. Kids still at the same school, but yeah. <laughs> fancy shaking things up there, mate. Yeah, well, uh, Jill just started his football club. To be fair, how's he getting got on? Got man of the match, didn't got he? Man of the match. Yeah. Did he? A I, went go, I went down to go and watch him one Sunday. It's quite a good goals. laugh, actually. They uh, they yeah, just run around like headless chickens, a lot of them. But yeah, they're getting better, though. <laughs> a bit like the way Jack used to play. Yeah, they're getting a uh, they're getting a bit better. Getting a bit better. Cool. Well, look, it's obviously been a few months since we uh, we last got together, uh, so I think the best thing to do the episode on would be just a recap of kind of where the year's gone we're obviously mid-november now um what's happening at the minute what's been going on um and i hope this will actually play out loud but if you recall an episode that we did back in february it was a 2023 market predictions of what you guys thought might happen over the course of the year so you actually got it there Shall we? I'm not <laughs> the most tech savvy person, but we'll. Uh, it's hold it close to the mic. So we'll it. give it a go and see if this works. This was your prediction, Alex. Will change, though. I mean, that whole. I mean, we spoke about this as well before about how the fact that I think a lot of the price change has probably already occurred. People aren't maybe that aware of it, but we've certainly seen it between not seeing these offers wildly over. Marginally under, it's quite a big correction on price. That will change later in the year. I don't know. You'd, you know, normally you'd see. I mean, it depends. I'd say probably the next six or seven weeks for us. I would say anyway, if I'm looking at from trying to understand price, you'll get. I'll, we'll understand it properly over the next six seven weeks with the offers that come in. Do they still maintain a stupid lowly level, low level, and people adjust or or not? Because the summer always brings a heightened market. You know, it's quite seasonal from that point of view. So you tend to see more people out there, more viewings, and that more competition obviously always helps in some of the values. Yeah. Um, and actually, we're talking about the prices have changed probably the best part of 5%, right? And from what's been agreed now versus what was agreed last year, that's quite a big change. When you say last year, are you talking this time last year? No, I'm talking to the back, talking back in the summer. Back end. High, yeah, the back end, the back end the, 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 you know, probably the height of last year. Well, that was your uh, prediction, Alex. Phil? Well, I don't think I'd be that. I don't know. Price, too, I wouldn't say prices have changed much more. Yeah. And, I'd, and I would say there's 5%. It's not a bad prediction. But what I'm saying is they'd already changed from the back end yeah, of last year. Do you think they've now, gone right? again? Not really. I think what has happened, which is what I thought would happen, is that there always comes that there's a period of people like at the beginning they don't want to believe it, right? You know, I'll, I'll still only try and get the same money as last year. And actually, as time goes on, people seem to to start understanding it, believing it, and then you start to kind of get um, get movement. We've sold some stuff this year for the same <laughs> price we achieved for it last year. So yeah, I think I don't think I was far good, off. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was an all right prediction. Maybe I've got some experience for me. I don't know. Is this where I get thrown under the bus? <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> to be fair, neither of them. Well, listen, make your own mind up. We any any estate agent will tell you. Any any good estate agent will tell you that the market changed last year. Um, we we could see it in the way in which people were offering. I think we touched upon it before with the sort of you know we would list a property. Let's use a London average of, of five hundred grand, and earlier in the spring summer we might have sold it for five ten five twenty because the demand was there. That same property was still listing it for 500 grand, but now it's getting offers at 480. So the market has changed. The, the problem is that actually isn't official, in inverted commas, yeah. <coughs> until it's on the land registry. Well, the, the public is not going to see that information on the land registry for the best part of six months. By the time it's been agreed, the conveyancing process has gone through, it's completed, and then it's up on the land registry. That's when it becomes official, and that's when you know the ONS and, and all the rest of them will will start using it for their statistics. So they may well so say, a lag. absolutely, they may well say, come the summer, oh, the market's dropped ten percent. Yeah. Or I, I don't think they will, because as, as we were just saying, you know, it's about five percent is what we've noticed is is the difference, certainly for South East London. Um, but it's already happened. Yeah. So actually, if you're if you're that's the end of the game. Just the same thing, really, I think. Yeah. But would you say that house at 500 in the, what, July 2022 was 480 then? Is it still 480? Or would you say that's 450 now? So really, is it a 10% drop? No, the only thing I would probably disagree with on that, I don't know whether you would, but the point about you'd still list it at 500, but rather than getting more, it going down. I think now, generally, I'd, some of them would be listed slightly lower. Only margin. Yeah, absolutely. Not I don't yeah. think if you'd still lead with yeah, that's what I'm quite. saying. So do you reckon it's actually dropped ten percent? 
Not quite, but I think it's over in five. In and around that, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, definitely think it's over like five. Four, six, seven, five. Seven to eight, I would say, yeah, is the... Pro- if you would take an average, I think it would come out seven to eight percent, which goes back to depending Alex's point. Depending on the property, though, right? Yeah, depending on the yeah. property. I mean, flats haven't had... Certainly what we've seen is barely any change in the value of most flats. But if you're looking at the houses, I'd say it's between seven and eight percent. And the difference to use that is... Whereas they were saying, you know, you'd list at 500 and you'd sell at 480. Yeah. Now my genuine advice would be you'd list at 475 mm. to get around get that it. figure. Maybe you get 470, you know, you're, you're off of it a little bit. But yeah. that's where the difference is, is that actually if it's worth around 470, 480 now, there is no point in going on at 500. You're yeah. better off listing it for what it's worth because actually you almost won't get people through the door with that extra 25 grand. That's that's what we're finding is the price sensitivity in the market is like nothing I've ever seen before. I'd agree, to be fair. Yeah, I don't know whether we're just obviously hypocrisy sometimes in its own bubble, isn't it? But we've sold some houses this year at the same value we'd have got from last year. And we've sold some houses at some really strong values. Uh, yes, are you talk- is, but are you we've talking about... As I mean, a general we, rule, though. As a general rule, yes, they are down. One. But we sold a house to a couple last year. They split up. We resold it. They got exactly the same money back. Yeah, and we I'd sold it in May of last year. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, we've seen it on a couple of the sort of more affordable end of the market. So around the 600 grand mm. mark. Yeah, this is 650 yes, house, yeah. right. Whereas once you get up to sort of the eight nines, yeah. um, that's where we're seeing the big difference. You know, something that you would have got 900 for yeah. is actually probably now somewhere between 825 and 850. Yeah. Um, but I'd say if you're putting that on at nine, you're not even getting people through the door. No, you need to go on at eight fifty just to and actually. And I think a lot of agents are still telling them nine. Oh, 100 percent and more and more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and more. yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, yeah. we've had a few like that recently. Funny, your point that you said about price sensitivity. I'd say that the in in and around kind of where we are, what I have noticed massively is that, and I've always said it to people because I always do believe it. You know, just you think five, ten, fifteen grand is not a small amount of money. Just give it a go. Just add a little bit. Let's just try it. But We've had some properties that have literally been, they might have been 10, 15K over what they should be and no viewings. Yep. You take that 10, 15K back off, all of a sudden there's viewings, it's gone. And just that's such a, a small change, but particularly on flats, I've found that it just kills flats. the interest. Uh, one beds have been hard this year. I think just in Hiver Green, anywhere where we are, the competition has been loads of them. So and we yeah. found a, a trend is that, to be honest, it doesn't really matter what it's been, whether it's had a garden, no garden, been big, first floor, main road they've all had to get to 300 before they've started to sell. Mm. If they've all been started off higher, they've had to come Yeah, it's down. like there's a glass ceiling, isn't it? It's almost it? like buyers yeah. have looked at them and think, I've just seen loads of them get through, I'll just wait, you know, I know I can pay that for one now. Um, so I think that's probably more as a result of just like too much on the market and it's come more competitive for that. Yeah. But yeah, the difference in listing at the right value and just over is like night and day. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, we, we had a house where we put it on for 800 based on a valuation I'd done 18 months ago despite me trying to explain to the vendor that the market had changed. To be fair, we got people through the door, but then it was an attractive house, so people were going to come and see it. But the feedback was all that very generic kind of, yeah, it's all right, it's not for us. You know when after you've had it sort of 15 times over... You, you know at that point it's it's wishy-washy but it's wishy-washy because everyone's basically saying i can get something that is equivalent for less money it's too expensive right yeah. um and then we dropped it down to 750 and we ended up getting an asking price offer and an offer 15 grand over yeah so the the difference yeah. in actually listing something at the right price at the moment i mean we've always said it's important price you know your marketing strategy has always been a really important part of of this industry but at the moment, it, it is pretty much the difference between viewings and not, not, certainly where we are. But that's, I mean, that's what I've been trying to I've explained to clients kind of from the office that you have to sort of remember and sort of get your mind out of that, you know, I'm going to get 10, 15 viewings, you know, getting that level of viewings on a week and one day in a weekend is like, it's not, it's not common, right? It happens when the market's busy and there's a lot of people around, but you can't just bank on those numbers anymore. You're talking, you know, five, six people through the course of a week would be good. So you have to be so careful on the price and get it accurate and do as much as you can to get them in because yeah that five or you know five or six viewings can very easily become nothing you know rather than it being 15 becomes 10 you've got you don't really have anyone to play with and the massive difference we've seen between properties being ready i think as a result one of the markets going down but two just with interest rates and people's expenditure now people are looking at what i want to afford on a monthly rather than just what can i lend and i'll borrow it all yeah. buying property with the view that you then need to put another 20 30 40k into it has become very unappealing to people yeah. 
houses that are done high spec finished nothing needed massively um kind of or they do so much better than a property that this requires work at the moment houses that need renovation or any sort of level of work or if they're just a bit meh, you know people just seem to want to kind yeah, of you know try and have a margin back in it because I guess to be fair to them, you're going to put in that amount of money. What's the end value? No one really knows. Things are still changing. It's still a constantly kind of, you know, evolving market, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's a big difference in sort of that turnkey style property versus property in work. And properties that are, you know, the properties with that have that small issue with them, where, in a, you know, in a good market, those issues just get pushed to one side. If it's like right next to a bus stop, who cares? I need to buy because everyone else is. Yeah. In this market, it's unfortunately, it's just the, yeah, the big no differences, yeah. But then that's the difference between not having choice and having choice and that's the difference yeah. in this market and that's why it's actually quite a nice market for buyers at the moment is this choice you know yeah, you have got the opportunity it, particularly with the one beds as you mentioned earlier you know if, if if you're looking at it from the point of view at the moment of do i buy or don't i buy if the other option is renting for example why on earth wouldn't you buy it at well, the moment? funny you say that right is that just listen to this quickly sorry to interrupt that's a good point but this was a this was the recap, just on a bit of flight there, but just you've gone reminded me of that. Uh, just to kind of recap all of that, you you think it's going to be, I know you kind of like danced around it there. Do I don't think it's going to be a strong year, bad year. I don't what? think it's going to be a bad year. I think it'll be a lot better than what people think and perceive it might be. I don't think we'll see these massive drops in value that the papers are reporting. Um, yeah. I think if you've got the deposit and your alternative is living and rented, mm -hmm. it's a great time to buy. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what you just said. <laughs> at least you're true to well, yeah, so you said you're better off doing that. At least you're true to your word. I, I almost sound like I know what I'm talking about there. Um <laughs> no, agree with what it, you said. But it's true because we've it's true because we've seen rents go up over the over the last twelve, eighteen months, and at the moment the choice is out there for one beds. And actually if you're looking at it in very basic terms from what you can afford per month, now that rates have come down slightly and probably Certainly, the general consensus of opinion is that they will drop further, not in the sort of immediate future, but over the next 18 months, 24 months. Why wouldn't you buy at the moment if actually your cost essentially is going to be not that dissimilar to renting? There's no reason not to. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I suppose I the think, argument people would say, I'm going to wait for the interest rate to come down. On, yeah, on what basis? The, in the past, long... the fallback has always been, we well, can stay and rent and save money, right? Because actually the mortgage is always a little bit more expensive. But these days, but you know, you're getting, right, we ring through not. people. What, how's the search going? I'm going to put it on ice until spring, so then the, the rate's going to come. But also, Jackie, historically, and... property price increases are directly as a result of significant drops in interest rates. So if you look at it on a graph where the interest rates start to drop, mm. property prices start to rise and vice versa because yeah, it's so all about affordability. More, yeah, yeah. You know, you, if you've got more money to throw at the situation, mm. inevitably you will because it's human nature that we're all going to follow the same sort of psychological decisions, which is all, it's very expensive buying at the moment, so I won't do it. I'll wait until it's cheaper. That's not rocket science. That's very basic kind of yeah but then the house is going to be more but if ever, if if the majority are making that same decision what happens when rates then drop down to i don't know 4.2 percent for argument's sake because of reason at that time perfect yeah you're gonna have <laughs> you're gonna have more people going oh now's a good time to buy so the competition then increases for the properties which inevitably drives prices yeah although I, um, we understand that and i guess a lot of people might be in their second or third ownership would understand that yeah a lot of first-time buyers I'd agree with you. They're just sort of more geared towards, they want to, you know, they want to do things when everyone else is kind of doing it, which, yeah, obviously inadvertently when that costs more money. Well, they want to do it when they think it's going to be most beneficial to them. But the problem is, is that actually if it's most people have that well. same idea, it's not going to be most beneficial to you because you're all going to do the same thing at the same time. You know, the time to do it is when everybody isn't doing it. Yeah. Yeah, to be so, fair, I mean, on that, the, the difference in October... So throughout the course of the year, you know, we were constantly sort of having this stop-start nature of the market where things would get going and it would slow down because the interest rate talk would kind of all sudden, you know, start to ramp back up. Then interest rates might change. You'd have a small kind of couple of weeks of a lull and then it would pick back up. And then August, September, really quiet. People obviously waiting for that next increase. And in the, in the, in the moment it didn't jump up, all of a sudden it was just like this, oh my God, yeah. you know, wow, it's the end. Like, yeah. let's buy it. And October was our was our busiest month of the year. Yeah, it was. You know, which yeah, is just insane. Company, it? Yeah, yeah which most sales agreed. And for the time of year, that is just not common. 
and just to have that kind of spike of interest was just obviously so evident that people just and the contrast as well yeah september was also one of the worst months of the year so to go from that like what is going on tumbleweed sort of just absolutely actually getting to the point where you're sort of worried about it to oh my god you know where where have all these people been it was mad as well wasn't it because it was like you might have something that just came on that sold, and something that's been on for four months. And that's that also sold. sold. Yeah, yeah, they were just all going. Yeah, and they were getting reasonable offers. It wasn't like they were selling and going for massively under or offers. I think were, people, people just like reasonable. to know what's kind of going on ahead of them, and it's just for those people, they just know that they can buy and they're locking the interest rate. They know that they've probably caught it before it's it's gone up again. Yeah. So, and which is exactly people are just reacting to what goes on which you would think as you go into new year i mean interest rates came down again today didn't they i think you can um four point mortgage f- rates yeah mortgage mean, rates yeah, yeah. uh 4.5 percent i think was a uh, one of the uh five that's a five-year fixed, year fixed yeah. yeah which is to be honest it's a lot lower than they have been at 4.5 there's an argument to say why not go for it because mm. i mean it's only going to probably, probably will percent, go down lower than that over the five years but how much and at what point? Yeah, this is what you look at now. I was speaking to a buyer the other day, and it's like, what what would you like? What would you say? What would you yeah. reckon? And it's hard, isn't it? Would you go on a tracker? Trackers are, are going to be hard. How does anyone know the answer? It was just that? I was having a conversation then because at the point of remortgage, I was like, you know, it's, it's coming up, and they were looking at um, what, selling what and then buying, do? right? And they were going from a one and a half to you know whatever the next rate might be for them, and, and we were just yeah. chatting about it. And I was sort of saying, you know, it was kind of initial thought, you know, you'd go on a tracker and you'd hope, but, you know, bear in mind, a, a tracker right now would be at 6%. Yeah, I was going to say. Versus yeah. fixing it and just taking the long haul and thinking, right, at least you know what your costs are and just bide yeah, your time absolutely. and get through it. Absolutely. And is it really ever going to go below like 3% really? For Who knows? Well, that, well, that's the point. You know, at 3%, you're talking about base being 2%. Mm. So when when are we likely to see base at 2%? How, and how long is that period likely to be? Okay. I think I think that's a long way off. Mm. And I'm not talking 18 months. I'm no, talking, yeah, you can which say, is, give it another four or five years before yeah. you start to think about that. Which So in terms of all what you're saying there, like prices have dipped slightly in that. If you were a buyer, if people are listening and they bought last year, would you be worried? About what? That you've bought last year or now? On what basis? 10% higher. Would you be worried? But if you've bought last year and your mortgage is at one and a half percent then well what on earth are you worried more like two point it'd be like two that's quite a good question (laughs) well no spring of last year you could get a mortgage for one and a half percent right yeah so just speaking i'll try and do this off the top of my head no 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 it would have been last year no it was two and a half spring of last year was one and a half percent it's like going up in like end of summer didn't it did it? I yeah. had a buyer who bought last year with a mortgage in the spring, 0.98%. Oh, maybe yeah, two. Yeah, I got mine at 2% in April. Right. So, 2.02. if you, regardless, one and a half, yeah, yeah, two, yeah. whatever, yeah, yeah, below three. Yeah. You, you were buying at ridiculous rates. Let's say you bought a house at 600 grand and you fixed a five year deal at one and a half percent. If you were able to buy that same house now for Argument's like ten percent less. What's that? Five forty. Mm-hmm. If you put down one hundred and fifty grand deposit on both of those, you'd be financially worse off, right? Now. You would be worse off having paid ten percent less mm-hmm. over the next five. I years. I don't think weird. Do you, so not- you wouldn't be worried. Uh, no, <laughs> no, so I wouldn't be worried. Think, I think the, the, go on. Sorry, mate, the the point is, and the, I think this is where we have a weird fascination with when to buy. Yeah, property is always expensive. It is always going to be the most expensive thing you buy. And ultimately, you are either paying it to the bank or you're paying it to the vendor. you just got to choose who you want to pay it to. Because when the market's strong and everything's, a great point. and everything's kind of all guns blazing and the media's reporting, you know, house prices are going up X, Y, and Z, that's normally as a result of low interest rates and vendors do well. When the market starts to drop, it's normally as a result of interest rates climbing, in which case you're paying it to the bank. But you're paying someone. So... Yeah, like a lot that. of people's thought process around it as well when we came out the back of like Brexit everyone was really focused on the the money we're losing the market and everything else whereas it's now it's just all focused around interest rates isn't it so people are more concerned about the interest rate that they're paying as opposed to the price that they paid for the property it's all more geared around my affordability on the monthly rather than actually the overall I've dealt with a lot of people this year yeah, who, I don't know some people are always gonna, but I say this like you're not you know unless there's I would say rare, not maybe not rare, but less than common circumstances. 
You're not going to sell within a year, generally, are you? Well, no, of course not. Quite and to be honest, you'd be laughing if you got yourself a two or five year fix at that yeah. rate right now. Yeah. You're seeing, it, seeing it through. But that's the other yeah, thing, mate. You're not, you're you're not buying for a year, are you? You're buying well, for 30 yeah, or exactly. whatever the length of your term yeah. is. Well, that's the commitment. Maybe like two or five. Five. But yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you're, you're taking out... The ownership. Realistically, you're taking out a 30-year mortgage. Yeah. So that that is how long you're buying for. Yeah, but in terms... I understand what you're saying. Yeah, if you're going to you buy a house, house today, you're kind of thinking for the next four or five years, where are you going to move? Abs- What's the price? Absolutely. But my point is is that the moving house part is irrelevant. You're committing to yeah, 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 to the loan to yeah. ownership over the and the and the payment of that over the next thirty years. Yeah, you can move house however many times you want during that period. Keep taking you might it with you and keep it, up, yeah. up in it. Yeah, although if yeah. the thing went up, but then that's you could what, get that's a smaller term with a different. Yeah, that's your commitment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so things are still selling, basically, is what you're saying. And have yeah, it's, I mean, generally, it's, it's been that sort of slightly natural quieten off as we got to the um, into November. You'd expect it anyway. Viewings aren't as high. More so, do you know what? Actually, there's a hell of a lot of buyers I mean, still over the keen to of the buy. Year as well, things are still since we last. Generally, over the summer. course, of, I mean, it's been. I'd say it's been absolutely fine. I'd say it's been pretty resilient. Pricing hasn't been like wildly dropping. I think the issue has been more born around agents promising prices that are last year's and more, yes. and completely skewing people's view on, on what's achievable. And then I was just saying to someone the other day, the, the shame when agents do that is that you put a property on the market, it sits there, doesn't sell and gets reduced by 100 grand, is that buyers look at it and go, oh my God, the market's really bad, isn't it? I bet it's really struggling. It's like, well, no, actually, it was never worth it. Had that gone at the right price, it would have sold in a week. And everyone would be looking at that and saying, oh, wow, look, things are moving. So I think it, it looks worse because of what agents do and what agents yeah, encourage 100%. on people, which is just a shame because actually... It's funny you say that. One of my questions is... People say there's lots of price reductions. Is that just because the agents are still valuing them for too much money? Look, I think price reductions are normal in a normal market. They course, are. Yeah. It's just nature of the fact that not every property is going to perform how you think it will. But there's a difference in adjusting a value by 3 or 4% yeah, to sort of try and reignite some interest yeah. and, and dropping it by 10% where you've just evidently pitched it way too high. Yeah. And when you do that on 40 to 50% of your stock, that's not a, just a misjudgment on, a, on an odd basis. Obviously, it's a kind of a continuous thing. So, And it does tend to be the agents that have the highest stock levels. So it makes it look even worse because of course, the agents the that, that have doing. Yeah. lower levels and are valuing accurately generally are getting through their stock. But exactly that. you know, If, you're, yeah. if you've taken on 100 plus properties this year and you've reduced 50% of them and actually you've got two or three agents in an area doing that, that's 100 to 150 properties just from that, that group of agents. Reduced That's without the ones there. who are doing the normal amount, you know, maybe reducing somewhere between 10 and 20% of their stock in this market. So it, it kind of makes it look even worse mm. because of that. The one thing I, I would say that's changed this year, weirdly, is I think we've said it before, there's always a battle around fees between agents, right? And actually people always want to try and get the cheapest fee for an agent. I have found genuinely this year, I think either people are appreciating the process more, understanding how hard and difficult it can be, and actually not chasing the low fee anymore, which I don't know whether that's just a, that a thing for an area or, or whether that's just generally... I'd say know, a few things on that. In that office, we're very dominant, aren't we? So you can afford to say, like, we're, we're not going to waver on our price. It's one. Two, it's a harder market. So you're going to be working harder. Well, that's what I mean. You but normally, in possible, everyone really. would chase the low fee. Someone's yeah. always going to cut out. Where actually, I think where agents aren't willing to do that because yeah. it is harder and there is more work and it's an effort. Actually, but people also maybe as start well, to appreciate the... Fair enough that over the last year the price of your house might have not gone up but gas milk bread electric you know, everything's yeah. gone up so why would the fee of that service not go up just but typically agent fees are always the one that they you know you still change yeah, okay yeah, yeah. don't know property price yeah, increase yeah. the percentage stays the same but it's um i would just say that it seems as a i don't know there's, there seems to be more of an appreciation amongst clients i would say that i've met of the fee and not needing to just try and get you know chop it down chop it down um because I guess really, if, if you can sell and you can move, that's almost like the, that's the positive, right? Great, yeah. fantastic, let's do it. There's certainly less resistance towards a reasonable fee. Yeah. As opposed to constantly being asked to do it for... Chop it not, down, chop it down, yeah. silly money, but, you know, a point where you're kind of thinking, is it actually worthwhile even doing this? But do you think some of those agents who are listing them at stupid prices, uh, they quite often you know have a higher fee... If they're not selling them, are that agent more desperate for fees? So they're doing higher fees. Well, of course. Doing even the more. obvious thing is, is that those agents, if they're selling, if you just look on based on last year's transactions versus this year's, yeah. those agents aren't going to accept selling 50% less stock and just accept the fees that come with it. They are pushed to then charge yeah. higher fees to try and account for that money that they've lost. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, if they continue just to overvalue property constantly and don't sell it, 
it becomes harder and harder. It just seems so mad to me, but it, that's just the industry in it. But well, I'll give you one example. We've taken one on that is now under offer. That in had it have been priced correctly, and the, and this is the terrifying thing about our industry is had it been priced correctly from the start, which was nine hundred in my opinion it probably would have sold for around that. May even have got a little bit more because it is good value for money. The a- the original agent put it on for 1.2. <laughs> so at, by the time I got to it, it like, had what, 30, already 25%? been... And actually, the agent valued it at 1.3. The client felt uncomfortable with that and said, no, that's too much money. We'll put it on for 1.2. Tried 1.2, dropped it 200 grand after getting no one through the door. So it's then on for a million. Still couldn't get anyone through the door. Dropped it another 50 or 75. I can't really remember. Um, We then took it on at 900 and we've sold it for just under 850. And we would have got 900 for that. Do you know, I always say to people about often if you start too high, you'll sell for less in the long run. People never appreciate that until you go through it. Yeah. Because it's just the appeal to people outside. It's been on the market for ages. You've reduced, reduced, reduced. You lose the. The ability yep. to control the process yourself and you get into the hands of a buyer we had to be fair i mean the price was, there was a house on on manor park uh went on 2.4 million they dropped 400 grand off it inside two weeks yeah and it's just like what was the point yeah like, you know what i mean what was the point in doing it? and bear in mind that agent drop. would have done a soft launch on that at probably at 2.6 what's that's 10 that's 20 percent. Two point two hundred and forty grand what? No, it was on it for £2.4 million, Oh, And, and they dropped £400,000 of it inside two weeks. Not like yeah, after yeah. two, three months where yeah, they've yeah. done loads of viewings. And like, just immediate bang. And yeah, there, are, there is no excuse for it. There really isn't. You know, no. you, 10% out, you can have a bad day. It happens. 20%. And actually, I'd argue it's probably in that case, and certainly in the case of our one, it was more than 20%. Yeah, 30%. Yeah. Mm. But there's so sold and what they're getting for it. Has it gone under offer now? Uh, I don't know. They don't change them to sold. I think. Oh it has. right. Oh, is that? Agent? <laughs> yeah, I think okay. it has. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, one thing we did say in the summer is that we saw uh, the earlier part of the year that more and more landlords were selling. Yeah. Is that theme still continuing? Yeah, hundred percent. And is it at a certain level or just across the board? Uh, is that the one beds that you're talking about? No. Do you know what? Everything. Honestly, in terms of the clients we've had looking to sell, it's the moment every single one of them has come to the point of renewing a mortgage or it's coming up in the future, it's, I, it can't, no, it's not feasible anymore. I'm paying 6.5% on a buy-to-let mortgage. I can't do it. You know, I'd love I'd, I'd love to be able to get the rent to cover it, but I'm not going to try and charge my tenant. It's like, I've had a lot of lands. I feel bad to ask for a rent increase because they're paying so much money, but my costs are astronomical. Um, Don't wipe his face. Mm. We've sold loads, loads of rentals this year. And I think it's a shame. It's, it's so hard for people to now go and rent good property because landlords are just having to sell them off because they can't afford to keep it. It just becomes a liability, which is, it's just crazy, isn't it, unfortunately? But until the government sort out the issue with mortgage interest, it's it's never going to work. Mm. And just the tax implications and everything, because if there was some sort of relief for landlords in some way, shape or form, I'm sure a lot of them would like to keep them. Well, that that is the mortgage interest part. Right, as, okay, as soon sorry. as you can reduce your tax liability, <laughs> right? I thought you meant off. interest on mortgage type for buy to let the physical interest. Oh, what is in the fact that You're no landlords, about... so many landlords aren't buying. No, I thought you were about the interest rate on it. No, it, it the rate is irrelevant. It's the fact that you can't you can't use it to limit Offset. your tax liability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whereas you used to be able to, that's what's that's what's killed it for most yeah. landlords. Is it it literally is no longer financially viable. Yet in any other industry where you pay interest on an investment, you can use it to reduce your tax. That is a I wonder whether in the um, business cost in their mm. next statement whether that will. Um, who, who knows? knows? Who, knows? Mm. who knows? Maybe we'll send this to Rishi Sunak. He seems to like tearing up the rule book at the moment, doesn't he? One. Which might work for landlords because he's changed what's uh, what was incoming with EPCs, hasn't he? Yeah. So but again, do you know what? Honestly, I was saying to um, people. I felt that was like, you know, the typical kind of, oh, we're going to change it and make everyone do a C. You know, need to be a minimum C. Loads of our clients went off and did it. Oh, no, we're not going to do it anymore. And all of a sudden, they've actually just uplifted the quality of some of these rental properties anyway and then just not brought the rule in, which I don't think was a bad thing, but it's that typical, we're going to do it, you got to do it. Yeah. Oh, no, we're not anymore. It never happens. Yeah. It's quite a good idea then in that way. Would you say it's slowed down in terms of the amount of stuff that's selling as well? Not necessarily just the price, but the volume of stuff. Based on percentage or based on numbers? Because that's the of, difficulty. Numbers of properties that are going through. Would you say it's... Well, suppose well, yes, but that's based on the fact that there are less listings. So 
percentage-wise, I, I can't talk about the market sort of across London because we I just don't, don't know. Yeah, yeah, we don't have those figures. But for us, I think in terms of if you look at it from instructions to sales agreed, I don't think it's, it's any different to yeah, any other time. So we're still hit it. Certainly we are just below 90% based on the availability of stock this year. I think it's like 88 point something um, from property available converted into sales agreed. Of your own stock? Of our own stock yeah, in this yeah. office. So which is about the volume of stock do. generally, yes, is lesser. But that's it, yeah. That, yeah. So, but that's my point: is that actually, in terms of the set percentage-wise, it's it's the same. So it's not like, to agree, yeah, yeah, it's not like actually we're not selling what we've got. It's just a case of we have less stock, therefore there are less numbers going yeah, through. Yeah, which is what I was, was saying to clients when I've been out valuing, and what, what I've said to people: sometimes you, you want to try and speak to all these people who might be at home thinking, "Oh God, it's a really tough market; you can't sell." It's like what has come on has sold. Yeah, it hasn't been difficult. At the right price. If you get the price right, the marketing's correct, and you do a good job from the off, like it, things are selling. Yeah, it's not like we've got a stock list of forty properties that have sat around for six months not shifting. It's very different to you have a lot other of agents who aren't been... shifting stuff though. Price, yeah, and that just comes down to putting things on a crazy. Yeah, I don't numbers. think it's just that though. I also think that there's been a lot of people that have come into the industry since 2020, yeah. 2021. Yeah, for a quick buck. They've worked in a yeah. way you're essentially, like, don't get me wrong, there's still our customer service, market it, you know, et cetera, where you've you know, still got to do it. Yeah. But you're effectively an auctioneer, weren't you, for three years. Whereas we have, all, all three of us have worked in, and most, you know, some of the people that work with us have worked in slower markets where yeah. it's harder, where you're not just sitting there waiting for the phone. To, you know, you're being proactive not reactive i think a lot of agents have struggled with that yeah where they're just not used to it and haven't been able to we've i mean to be fair so jay and felipe in my office both of them have only been in the industry since the market went crazy through covid and just a constant kind of reminder throughout the course of the year of making sure we're doing certain things do, be, doing it differently making sure you're standing in touch with that bar and just having a chat with them because yeah. all of those Pick things that you up. can do in a, in a in a normal market that actually the you know i'll say it's the kind of the almost the, the fun of the market we get to know people more and you get to build yeah. relationships understand them and work towards finding something yeah a lot of agents don't know how to do that they've not done it before yeah, so exactly. it's this alien and that yeah. I mean truthfully is what I've said to people I think that if you've worked in a market that is normal it's not bad at all you just have to sort of switch gears again you know get on with it and and the quicker that you get approach. hold of that from the, the beginning the easier it is throughout the course of a year which will probably be the same now for the next few years so if there is a uh, lesser volume are they going through quicker yeah Mass, uh, do you know honestly yeah. the, the um well the turnaround time from under offer to uh exchange has been yeah massively Much faster quicker, which has been it's been nice isn't it because there was always that sort of three you'd always better say to people welcome three to four month window for the point which you go on it's sold and you know under offer free to exchange uh whereas actually the, the last couple of years five six months seven eight you know huge amounts of time i also think that's to do with a lot of solicitors being back in the office full-time as well yeah, yeah i do think that's made a difference you know, rather than we used to try and phone, it was like, ah, oh, they're working remotely. You need to send them an email. Now you phone. It's like, yeah, put you through. <laughs> and they've got their teams around yeah. them. Yeah, Ad, you know, assistants are there and their sort of paralegals are there doing yeah. work. And it's um, the, the speed of actually just getting through things. And also, actually, I'd say, in fair play to a lot of solicitors, the ability to get hold of solicitors again on the phone has seemed to become slightly easier. Yeah. People are actually happy to speak to you, to deal with you. I could send a, you know, I'll go through progression yesterday and actually I'll, we're trying to reach some solicitors. I send off sort of four emails to different files, chase them up. I had answers back within you get 20 responses, minutes. Yeah, yeah. and helpful, day. not just like yeah. leave me to it. Yeah, as opposed people to people actually happy three to days later. Yeah, and, and kind of getting on. So, yeah, night and day difference in the speed of it. Yeah, the progression's a lot nicer now, definitely. Um, just one, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier with what you said, but would you say there's a particular, certainly where we're based, a particular sweet spot of which stuff is selling and certain price points that are struggling? Or No, I think it's just understanding the relative price points. As Yeah, as we said, flats, generally speaking, haven't been too badly affected. You've got a few, the one beds where there's a glass ceiling and you need to sort of appreciate that as an agent and as a vendor. And that might mean you don't sell at the moment or, or you do. It's a decision to make. But you've got the houses uh, certainly at the higher end of the market that seem to be more negatively affected than the more reasonably priced sort of starter houses i'd say well maybe not around here in forest hill i don't know if you get a house for 550 but six to 750 i'd say that's not really been an issue no maybe up to like eight 850 north certainly at the moment last couple that's a real struggle it gets yeah, after 750 we're finding it gets 
tricky yeah, if yeah. you haven't accounted for the change in price. Yeah. So there are people who are getting away with the sort of 650 um, and it, yeah, we would have sold it for that sort of money 18 months ago and we're getting that sort of money now. Maybe slightly less, but not enough to sort of actually make a meal of it and kind of say, oh, the market's changed. Whereas I think certainly for us, once we're over 750, you or I need to as a value or account for the fact that if I would have said 800 for that house 18 months ago, it isn't going to get 800 now. No. Ours has been a bit, to be fair, we have not had that. The same issue as you probably. The Everything from like 425 to through to like 850, free flowing. Basically, any, any all the nice, decent two-bedroom garden flats through to the four-bedroom houses have been like pretty, you know, run-of-the-mill. One bed's difficult. Anything sort of like 350 and below, like been real tough, tough grind. And then anything 950 million plus. Million plus at the moment, hard. Yeah. And, and talking, we've got a client who... Um, you know the sort of back end of last year was even offers at sort of a million and fifty, and now is getting offers at nine twenty. Mm. You know, so and and, and just a real do? slog of getting the offers as well. Whereas the houses in the mid range, which are just the most frequent sale for us in our area because the type of clientele and school and stuff, they're on and they're off. It's a nice sort of um, flow. Cool. So just to kind of summarise, there's quite a lot to digest there, but you know it's not been as bad as what everyone made out it was going to be it has been with the interest rates and all the doom and gloom it's still been yes prices have dropped slightly but it's still been pretty I think consistent prices have leveled off it's been fluctuated not. a bit but you know it's still been relatively and that's our predictions busy. back in february whatever it was so we know what we're talking about we're fairly close yeah. yeah i agreed i didn't really give a prediction but i did agree with both yeah. <laughs> well, that's very you agreeable right. of you Jack. No. <laughs> i think the the fact of the matter is as a general rule at the moment, prices are still up on where they were in 2019. So yeah. is it is it a bad market? Well, the answer is no. If if you're still doing better than only four years ago, how how bad how can it bad be? Can it, well, be yeah. it, it isn't, is it? Yeah. yeah. Good point. Cool. Um, fine. Uh, just a new little topic. Uh, I don't know. It's up to you whether you want to do sort of a tip of the week, but if history on the local area obviously we're very south london based with offices in forest hill hivergreen um and catford so just a little fact that i got on catford which obviously you guys both know which i'd imagine most people that live in catford but maybe not if you're not from around here or you don't live in catford um is that desmond tutu lived in <laughs> catford which i think is an amazing fact lived on the south circular brown hill road um yeah just you know Pretty mm. crazy. That's enlightening that is, Jack. That's, yeah. You don't know who that is. I do know who it is. I said this enlightening. This oh, yeah. Fantastic fact. The Archbishop of. I think you should enlighten us on who that is. No, I said that is enlightening. Oh, <laughs> oh there you go. Um, and also Henry Cooper, mm. Sir works Henry my, Cooper. Works in my office. Well, I bet he gets that a lot and probably annoys him. <laughs> oh, he does, doesn't yeah, he? he? Does yeah. yeah. Not the Sir Henry Cooper. He's just called Henry Cooper. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he lived in the Bellingham Estate. Didn't, Didn't know that, to be fair. Fort Muhammad Ali. Lad. Your Henry Cooper did. Uh, he did not. <laughs> no. He's much too young for that. Desmond Tutu and I probably like Sir Henry Cooper. I can't remember the top of my head. We did them before, didn't we? For our, we did a thing on the website, I think, of the areas. We had some big names from... Hivergreen, not so much, but... Um, Lewisham. Lewisham. There's, there's definitely a few. What's the... Oh, the comedian... Um, Rob Beckett. Rob Beckett. Yeah, it's from Lewisham. He is from Hither Green. Well, he lived he in lived Hither Green, Green yeah. yeah, for a while. Didn't you value his flat? Did indeed. Didn't win it. I <laughs> <laughs> love that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any tips that you guys have got or historical facts of the area that you can think of? If not, historical just... facts, I don't know. Dizzy Rascal made his album in Forest Hill. Down the road. Have Havelock Walk. <laughs> okay. That's That's a true story. Yeah. Yeah. In the recording studio there. Yeah. I think there was a rumour that Beyonce and Jay-Z once recorded in there as well. They, 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 oh, they came to the air, wasn't they? Yeah. They did come to the air for sure, because I think they went in the um, the restaurant next to the Signal, which is the little Thai place. Did they? They did indeed, yeah. You know, the, the green yeah. front yeah, of yeah, the yeah. place, yeah. yeah. Um, they never went in see there. anyone in there. Yeah. It looks good, but I just never see anyone in there, mm. apart from Beyonce and Jay-Z. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Cool. We'll kind of move on from that one. Uh, I can tell you an interesting fact if you want. Yeah. So the railway line that goes through Forest Hill. Yeah. Before it was a railway line, do you know what it was? The railway line? Yeah. No. 
It was a canal. Was it really? Yeah. So originally that was a canal. It's not now. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Where no. did he run from? Surely not well, all of, like the whole thing. It connects it, into Lewisham. It would make sense because it is an yeah. overground, isn't it? So that was the, the original transport, and it was yeah. only there for, I think, 30 or 40 years before wow. they they basically filled it all in and built the railway. So as steam Blimey. engines obviously took off, that became the easier mode of transport. But prior to that, everything was moved on barges. So it was a canal. It was all dug out for a canal. and then That is a cool fact. That is that. an interesting fact. Yeah. There you go. Didn't know that. The overground. Crazy. Ginger line. Um... So the five things this week that we're going to have a look at is just I'm going to rattle for it fairly quickly. Uh, it's just five appealing things that buyers might look for um, when they're interested in buying a property. I'll kick it off. One that we look for myself and Hannah, if we have a look, is storage. Massive thing for us. Um, not that we hoard a lot of things, but obviously got two. Oh, kids. in the property, not like a big yellow container around the corner. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah big yellow storage centre. Oh, yeah. oh I'll, I'll move around there. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant. <laughs> Not got a pub near, but oh, <laughs> those storage units are to die for. Uh, no, yeah, storage. Oh right, we've obviously okay, got yeah. you know a lot. My son Oscar still thinks that storage units are where the zombies live because we were once driving past one and Daisy told him, "Oh, yeah, that's where the zombies live," <laughs> and he's convinced him. now. He won't go in them. Never he's go like, in no, there. Yeah. No, no, no. There's zombies in there. No, yeah, not those storage containers. I mean, like somewhere to put the kids' toys or the crap. Fine, okay. Uh, what do guys look for? Do you know what? I think one thing that they look for that they don't realise they look for is just lifestyles, other people's lifestyles. You know, buyers really buy into a home that's just really nicely furnished and, and sort of decorated. And I don't, they don't know it as much, but, you know, you can see when a buyer's like massively inspired by just someone else's being, yeah. basically, and they want what they've got. Um, which is why I'd always encourage a vendor just to, if they can do that, to do it. Yeah, I say that to people that we have that are like got empty, dress it. Dress yeah, it. just to fill the, the space, right? Because yeah. otherwise it's just uninspiring. A lot more homely. Which is, can be a huge factor, I think, for buyers. Um, long leases, to be fair. I don't know if at the moment it's quite a, kind of, you know, a topical thing with the lease hub format going on and everything changing. Just it's peace of mind, particularly in this kind of market. You know, I was saying earlier about the properties next to a bus stop or something being hard to sell properties right now with leases that are low again it's just a big talking point everyone wants to get them sorted i've got four going on at the moment all having to extend it in some way shape or form assign the right get money left on it's just this you know it's a drag it's confusing to buyers our vendors confused by it as well so it makes things just um yeah a little bit more you know long-winded isn't it dealing with it so is this things for vendors to consider before selling or as part of the selling process not necessarily point? just what a buyer might you could off street parking what buyers might look for that will Sorry, is it advising a buyer of what to look for, no, as in look for the storage? What's appealing? Right, okay. What might be appealing to a buyer? Uh, so indirectly advising a vendor, possibly, on what they may <laughs> yeah. want to do to well, you inspire could, a buyer. You could have somebody, well, not necessarily, though, because you could have somebody who's like, I want off-street parking. Mm. You know, you're not necessarily on where on the road that you live on. You couldn't do that. I could not, Jack, no. no <laughs> well, correct. you might choose something like period features, mate. What's no. the point of this question? <laughs> Just yeah, I don't. Know. I'm trying to understand. Sorry, what, what's uh, appealing? Gardens. What's appealing? Well, it depends on Plants. who you're talking to. Storage units. Yeah. The corner. Well, yeah, what's I appealing? Know. I don't know. What's well, yeah, okay. What, so the, what does the buyer the, want from the vendor point of view? Then of the yeah, what the buyer might. What, look so, for. what should they be considering as part of selling? But as in that, what we've done that before, though. If we? that's well, that's what I try. What to do you so change what, it what up? What you're trying to get at is what, what generally a buyer's after well, currently. things that people might be interested in, isn't there? As I say, me personally, one of the things would be storage. Right. For the kids' crap. So if I don't so have storage the... in my house, should I put storage in it? Well, I don't know. I probably wouldn't buy it. <laughs> so <laughs> what's the this is what I'm trying to get at. What is the point? Well, I don't know. <laughs> get it that I've got buyers that wanted a cat flap. Have you actually? Yeah, they, they want a house with a cat flap. That's that's on their criteria. criteria. Just yeah. put it in. Well, they need free order consent to put punch out on the wall or something. So, and they're taking it that seriously. Yeah, got a cat flap. Oh, there you go. Maybe we just edit this section. What, what yeah. are they? What are they going to do if they buy somewhere that's got a cat flap but they haven't obtained freeholders' consent for the cat flap? Retrospective. But if the freeholder won't give it, don't buy it. <laughs> Full through. Jeez. 
See, good luck with that one. Good topic. <laughs> good talking Awful. points. Um, yeah, the most fine. interesting thing about that was we found out that Alex has got a client whose number oh, one criteria is it must have a cat James, flap. You, you don't get the answers, that, do you? Yeah. So there you go. Have you got anything with a cat flap to show them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one. Manor Park. <laughs> one. Yeah. Amazing. Got it. Sold them. Have they actually bought it? Is that? Manor. <laughs> Jeez. Get a dog. What's the... All right, here you go. Here's a better one. What's the weirdest criteria you've ever had from a client? Cat flap. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> probably, uh, probably a client that Alex has got in Evergreen who wants a cat flap. I don't know. I just can't... I don't think there's anything that's too... You get some that are harder to get. Like, there's only certain roads in Catford where you're going to get a garage, you know, for example. Yeah. I wouldn't say that's a weird... You know, if somebody rides a motorcycle or something, I wouldn't necessarily say that's weird. Yeah. If they need a garage, i just say it's harder to come by. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the cat flap's pretty weird. Cat flap is, is, I mean, that I mean, is... That's just, I mean, it's... But if you've got a cat... Yeah, it's not that weird. Yeah. I mean, it'd be weird if they don't have a cat and have no intention of getting one. That'd just be really strange. She just starts dressing up as a cat. <laughs> Could just <laughs> I really need a cat flap. Oh, what cat you got? I don't know. <laughs> just like the draft. Who said I had a cat? Oh, there you go. If Matt ever sells his house, he's got a cat flap, hasn't he? So I had yeah, a client got one. who inherited a grand piano and wouldn't buy a property unless they could get the grand piano in through the only wanted first floor flats, wouldn't go with ground floor. Sure, so the prop, yeah. The property had to have large enough windows and a large enough living room that they could fit a grand piano as well as a dining table. Bearing in mind they're looking at flats. I was going to say that's fair enough until you said the first floor flat. Yeah. So it had to have a big enough window that they could take it out to then be able to get a piano in on a crane. It'd be nice for the downstairs neighbour, wouldn't it, that piano going off? I don't think they could play it. Just oh, Which, which would actually make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> Did they find Thinking anywhere? about it. Uh, we didn't find them one. Whether or not they did, uh, I've no idea. But that was um, very Sorry. specific. Mm, I wonder what the key to that sale was. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, well, that's it for uh, another weird and wacky end of the property podcast brought to you by Stanford Sales and Lettings. And as always, or not as always, we will be, Arnie, back we'll be back uh, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.